Good morning. I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you with us here today for the Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer on God's Word. Uh, coming to you at 9 a.m. Central Time on Wednesday, September 13th, 2023. Of course, you can watch live or you can watch on replay later in the day. Um, every once in a while I hear um, through the grapevine that somebody was watching yesterday's video and uh, that has comments about it. I don't necessarily hear those comments. They You don't put them in the chat. Uh, you don't even let us know that you're watched, but that's okay. Um, it is, it's good to know that uh, this is a value to you, uh, even those of you who aren't able to watch live uh, in the morning and watching or listening on the podcast version, etc. All right. Um, and for those, let's see, who are there... Uh, so far, Karen, Michael, Don and Karen, Vicki, um, Chris, Gus and Eileen have all checked in. All right. So good to have you all. We'll pick up where we left off yesterday um, with the golden calf incident. And again, all bringing, I think, um, bringing the conviction of God's word and experience upon um, the commandment of uh, remember the Sabbath day. All right. Uh, well, of course, the first and second commandments as well. So let us begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right, we pray our psalm for the week together. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord, teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the just decrees of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Okay. And then our verse for the week. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. Romans 1, verse 16. Catechism for the week are the third and fourth commandments. What is the third commandment? Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not despise preaching and his word, but hold it sacred and gladly hear and learn it. Fourth commandment. Honor your father and your mother. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not despise or anger our parents and other authorities, but honor them, serve and obey them, love and cherish them. All right, I suppose the golden calf incident not only is about the third commandment, but the fourth commandment, because Moses is the authority that God has established, and they um, certainly anger him. We'll hear that today. Um, You'll note the one word that's used in both, um, third and fourth commandment, translated as despise, so despising preaching and despising parents, um, to despise, this comes from the Latin, to look down upon, to look down upon. So, spire is to look, uh, d from down, all right? The prefix can mean down, or against. So, to look against, or to look downward upon, 
right? And so that's to reject um, or to think um, lower than one ought, right? So to, to not esteem both the word and um, authorities, including especially parents. And of course, why do we not despise the word or parents is because they've been they've been given to us by God, and to despise them is to despise God Himself who gave them. Okay, our first reading is from Hebrew, Hebrews, excuse me, chapter four, beginning verse eleven. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Okay. Um, we're going to see this picture of Jesus as our high priest, um, the one who makes intercession for us, uh, in set in contrast to Moses. Uh, Moses, despite his attempts, he, we heard yesterday his intercession on behalf of the people. Um, today we're going to hear him attempting to make atonement for the people. And um, his intercessory role is something that every Christian has been given, and especially those in the priestly office, right? To intercede on behalf of the people, to pray um, for all people according to their needs, as we do every Sunday, and uh, every divine service, rather. But uh, to make atonement for sin, that is uh, blood covering, that is given only to Jesus, who is the high priest and the sacrifice, right? And um, the distinction here, actually the writer of Hebrews gets it, the distinction and the reason why Moses can't make atonement for sin, but Christ can, is because Christ um, was tempted in every way we are, yet without sin. Right? So he alone can die for sins, having no sins himself to die for. All right. All right, so we pick up where we left off. Remember yesterday, um, Moses made intercession for the people. Um, he said he held God to account, to his promise, God's, and then God promised, uh, relented of the uh, disaster he proposed to bring upon the people. Right, All right, now Moses is going to come down. Moses turned and went down from the mountain, and the two tablets of testimony of the testimony were in his hand. The tablets were written on both sides, on the one side, and on the other side they were written. Now the tablets were the work of God, and the writing was the writing of God engraved on the tablets. And when Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said to Moses, There is a noise of war in the camp. But he said, It is not the noise of the shout of victory, nor the noise of the cry of defeat, the sound of singing, I hear. So it was as soon as he came near the camp that he saw the calf and the dancing, so Moses' anger burned hot. And he cast the tablets out of his hands and broke them at the foot of the mountain. Then he took the calf which they had made and burned it with fire and ground it to powder. Um, and he scattered it on the water and made the children of Israel drink it. And Moses said to Aaron, What did this people do to you that you have brought so great a sin upon them? So Aaron said, Do not let the anger of my Lord become hot. You know the people. They are set on evil. Just how kids are these days. For they said to me, Make us gods that shall go before us. 
As for this Moses, the man who brought us out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. And I said to them, Whoever has any gold, let them break it off. And so they gave it to me, and I cast it in the fire, and this calf came out. (laughs) Now, when Moses saw that the people were unrestrained, for Aaron had not restrained them to their shame among their enemies, then Moses stood in the entrance of the camp and said, Whoever is on the Lord's side, come to me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together to him. And he said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Let every man put his sword on his side and go in and out from entrance to entrance throughout the camp, and let every man kill his brother, and every man his companion, and every man his neighbor. So the sons of Levi did according to the word of Moses, and about three thousand men of the people fell that day. Then Moses said, Consecrate yourselves today to the Lord, that he may bestow on you a blessing this day, for every man has opposed his son and his brother. Now it came to pass on the next day that Moses said to the people, You have committed a great sin, so now I will go up to the Lord. Perhaps I can make atonement for your sin. Then Moses returned to the Lord and said, Oh, these people have committed a great sin and have made for themselves a God of gold. Yet now, if you will, forgive their sin. But if not, I pray, blot me out of your book, which you have written. And the Lord said to Moses, Whoever has sinned against me, I will blot him out of my book. Now therefore go, lead the people to the place of which I have spoken to you. Behold, my angel shall go before you. Nevertheless, in the day when I visit for punishment, I will visit punish, um, punishment upon them for their sin. So the Lord plagued the people because of what they did with the calf which Aaron made. It's a hard story, I think. Hard to hear. All right, so the commandments were written on two stone tablets. All right, um, the testimony. I it is possible that it's the Book of the Covenant, but I don't think that would fit on two tablets. So we'll say that this is uh, the commandments, and notice that it's inscribed on both sides. Why are the commandments called the testimony? What do they testify to or against? Hmm. Yeah, they testify against the sinfulness of man and condemn us. What is emphatically noted then in verse 16? Again, this is very important. That the tablets were the work of God. The writing was the was the writing of God who engraved on the tablets with his finger, right? We heard that yesterday. So it's God's word, and it's God's word against our sin. All right. What did uh, Joshua say about the noise? It is uh, the noise of war in the camp. Is Joshua right? No. Moses doesn't think so, but I think we might agree. The people have made God out to be their enemy by worshiping other gods, calling upon other gods in prayer, and uh, certainly not holding God's word sacred and gladly hearing and learning it. So, yes, they have made God their enemy, and they are warring against God. So I think Joshua is probably more right here. Uh, But Moses, uh, um, of course, just in a creaturely sense, observes, it doesn't sound like victory or defeat, but sounds like singing. Mm. Uh, Worship, in other words. So he's right, too. All right. How does Moses react when he sees the camp? He throws the tablets down at the foot of the mountain um, so that they break. Of course, that's a fitting action, appropriate uh, reaction because they have already broken the commandments of God. Right. Um, remember, to break any of the commandments is to always to break um, the first, and to break the first is, of course, to break them all. Um, it works both both directions. All right, now what's Moses do with the calf? You note that anger uh, Moses' anger burns hot. This is important. But uh, what's he do? He burns the calf with fire, uh, grinds it to powder, scatters it on the water, and makes the people of Israelites drink it. Right? They have to consume their God. 
which is interesting. So we have consumption and fire, again, burning hot, um, anger, all those things that we heard yesterday, but now being exercised by Moses. Um, God told Moses that he would, that God would consume the people with fire, the fire of his anger, but now it's the calf that's being uh, consumed by fire instead, right? Um, and instead of the people being consumed, they're consuming the false god, right? So we have an, a reversal there as well. Um, you'll remember back, um, where was that? Back in uh, Exodus 15, we had uh, the bitter water, Mara, at Mara, where is the Israelites couldn't drink the water because it was bitter, and then uh, the Lord told Moses to put um, that wood into the water to make it sweet again. And now we have the inverse: the water that was sweet is being made bitter um, by the idol that they desired. So this could be set in contrast to the uh, Mara incident back in Exodus 15. Whew. All right, then according to verse 21, what did Moses assume must have happened to Aaron for Aaron to be so negligent um, in his priestly role? Uh, Moses thought that the people must must have coerced or uh, uh, through force um, Aaron to do such a wicked thing as make the golden calf. Of course, Aaron responds um, in the way of the garden, right? Just as the man responded um, to the Lord, so now Aaron responds to Moses. Oh, well, the people, you know, you know how they are these days. They're prone to, are set on evil or prone to evil. Hmm. Um, so then Aaron, to cover up his guilt uh, of his sin, because he has sinned here as much as the people have, um, he just tells a foolish story. It's really a stupid story, right? In verse 24, I said to them, whoever has gold, um, let them break it off. They gave it to me. I cast it in the fire, and out came this calf. Uh, yeah, that's foolish, because, of course, Aaron was the one who molded the, the calf and even engraved it. So. Uh, one, it's a lie, and two, it's really outrageous. All right. Um, so, uh, again, there is, well, there is the results of the uh, people's behavior in verse 25, right, that they're, uh, the people were unrestrained because um, Aaron had neglected his, again, responsibility, let them get out of control, so much so that now the enemies have already talked about this, right? So they're bringing shame um, up before their enemies, shame upon God's people. This is one of the aspects of um, of the Christian's life, especially the corporate Christian's life, so the Christian community, is that um, we've lost our sense of collective shame, so that um, sometimes we behave in such a way um, that we don't really consider, how is this going to be received by our fellow Christians, our our neighboring Christian churches, by our church at large, right? Um, And we're, we're not so concerned about it's not so much being concerned about our own reputation, although that um, should be a consideration, of course, um, but actually God's reputation. And so the behavior um, and practices of our um, of our school, of our church, um, they do have consequences uh, before our neighbors. And we, we often become so um, captivated, insular, that we, we fail to see the way that, um, well, our actions do, are reflected then in our community, right? the actions within our school. It could be hiring and firing practices. It could be um, either love or lack of love for one another um, in charity and, and in times of need. It can be um, living a life just contrary to the uh, confession of faith that we make, according to God's word, right? That um, can all become a scandal or a stumbling block to others too, of course. All right, so that's, that's what's happened here. All right, so uh, Moses cries out, whoever is on the Lord's side, come to me, to me, right? And uh, who rallied to Moses? Of course, his own family, his own tribe, the Levites, the sons of Levi. Um, but of course, it's more than just that. 
These are those who uh, will be called or have been called um, to be priests to direct it, direct the true worship of God. So this is um, it's kind of a picture of the church militant, as we'll sing in our hymn, you know, um, or you might think of um, a mighty fortress, right? That whole section of hymns talking about defending the Christian faith, defending, and here they're defending um, the believers against the idolaters in their own midst, right? All right. Um, so the Levites are to go through the camps with the sword, as Moses commands, killing their brothers, companions, and neighbors. And 3,000 um, men die that day. All right. And that's it. Um, so there is a limit to the judgment. Um, but Moses still fears God, right, and God's judgment. And so then he tells the people that he's going to, um, on the next day, I'm, you have committed a great sin, you collectively, you people. Right, whether those everyone participated in the golden calf worship, um, they certainly allowed it and tolerated it. Right, toleration is a, is a kind of um, you know passive obedience, I guess you might say, or passive acknowledgement. Right, to refuse to rebuke, correct, exhort is also still to sin. Okay, uh, but Moses says, "I'm going to go try to make atonement um, for your sin. Perhaps I can." <laughs> of course, atonement means satisfaction, payment, uh, or restitution. And it's in regards to the fulfillment of the law um, or the covering of a debt, a debt incurred, but again, by disobedience from God's word, right? Um, so the question is, can Moses do this, right? Can he offer himself as atonement for sin, which is what he does, right? Forgive their sin, and if not, then take my life to, to atone for their sin. That's what he offers. He offers himself as the atoning sacrifice, right? Um, to be blotted out of God's book, um, of course, what blots one out of God's book? It's, it's sin, right? Um, has Moses sinned in this regard? No, right? So God says, whoever has sinned, I'm going to blot them out, right? Um, but Moses can't make atonement for the people's sin. We'll talk about why in a minute. Um, and we get a hint, actually, to it here. Um, instead, Moses is commanded to, to lead the people to the place of which I've spoken you, to the promised land. And who's going to go before them? King, New King James here rightly capitalizes, my angel, Right, the angel of the Lord, the second person of the Holy Trinity, right. And for the background of that, go back to chapter twenty-three of Exodus. Um, all right. So um, there is the question that that it's important to be noted here, and we talked about this in Bible class on Sunday. We talked about it again yesterday in our daily devotion. Here is um, bl- being blotted out of God's book, the same as temporal punishment or, or temporary or timely punishment, and they're not the same thing, right? So being um, punished in your body or in this life is not the same as being blotted out of the book of life. Experiencing God's um, judgment against sin now is not the same as being judged eternally. Right? Now, it's a call to repentance. Then, it's, it's forever. Right? Now, in some cases, and I think this is what's going on here, there is what, what they call a proleptic judgment. So, it's a judgment before the time. Those 3,000 that died because of their unbelief, that judgment is being meted out. Um, in time and eternity all at once, whereas, um, thanks be to God, uh, he's usually patient with, more patient with us than that, um, and doesn't make an example of us in the way that he did of them, and there is a time for repentance before the final judgment. All right? And that's what we see here. There is a temporal punishment of the plague, just as um, they had promised all these things that are written, we will do. Uh, and God said, well, if you do not, there'll be a pl- I'll send a plague upon you. Well, of course, here's one of those plagues. There'll be more, right, because of what they had done. So they are given to suffer um, again for, for repentance, that they would turn to the Lord for forgiveness. Okay. 
So the people were at war um, against God, for they were worshiping a false god. That's what it means. You do not want God to be your enemy. And how do you make God your enemy? By worshiping that which is not him. Right? They had shattered the commandments as surely as Moses broke them into pieces at the foot of the mountain. Um, Moses, or Aaron reacted in the blindness and foolishness of sin. You know, sin makes you stupid, as Luther says. Um, and that he first blamed the people and then tried to deny his, even his own role in forming the golden calf. And yet, it was his fellow Levites who became instruments of God's wrath and enforced the terror of the law. Moses offered himself as atonement for sins, um, the sins of the people, but he could not pay the price for sins and cover for them, of course. There is only one who can take our place under the law so that our name is not blotted out of the book of life. And that one is our Lord Jesus Christ, the angel of the Lord, my angel, as he said here, who has gone before us into death and the grave itself. As these enemies could not hold him, they can also not hold us. This is what gives us hope, although we often suffer punishment for our sins in this life. Okay. Speaking of church militant, as we said, uh, let's sing our, our hymn, Lord, keep us steadfast in your word. Let us pray. O Lord, keep your church with your perpetual mercy, and because of our frailty we cannot but fall. Keep us ever by your help from all things hurtful, and lead us to all things profitable to our salvation. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Now, that collect is really timely to our reading, isn't it? Yeah, because of our frailty we cannot but fall. Keep us ever by your help. All right. We pray, Heavenly Father, in the third commandment, you teach us that your word makes our lives and the day of worship holy. Your word creates repentance and faith in Christ in our hearts. Your word gives us true help, comfort, peace, and strength. Your word brings Jesus 
to us with all the blessings of his salvation. Thank you for the rest and peace your word gives. For Jesus' sake, forgive us for despising preaching in your word. Grant us to hold your word sacred and to gladly hear and learn it. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The fourth commandment. Lord God, Heavenly Father, in the fourth commandment you teach us that our parents are your gifts to us. Through them you gave us life and through them you care for us and provide us with all that we need. Thank you for our father and mother. Forgive them when they sin and strengthen them with your grace to be faithful parents. Forgive us for every sin of disobedience, disrespect, and dishonor shown to our parents and all those in authority over us. By your grace, help us to truly honor our parents, especially when they fail, and to always serve and obey, love and cherish them according to your word and for Jesus' sake. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We pray this day for marriage and family, that husbands and wives, parents and children live in ordered harmony according to the word of God. For parents who must rear their children alone for our communities and neighborhoods, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Pray today in Thanksgiving with Dick celebrating his birthday with the households of our church, especially this week with Ashley, Jim, Al and Jane, Jim and Elaine, Jesse and Lisa, Jim and Karen. Pray for our catechumens, Wyatt, Jim, our J- James, Aaliyah, Lydia, Charlie, Kaylee and Kimberly, Allie and Teresa. Pray for all those who are ill, receiving treatment or recovering, especially Pam, Joe, Kelsey, Dennis, Naomi, Christopher, Marcy and Sophie. Brad, Ron, Doug, Bev, Donna, Jim, Pat, and Wendell, Darlene, and District President Willie. Pray for our homebound, Marcy, Marion, Dan, Paul, Dolores, Merlin, and Pauline. Pray for the missions and mercy work of the church, especially that of the Federowitz families. We pray an intercession for the Tupper family, and also for all students and teachers returning to class. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right. So uh, let us not fail to go before um, our Lord Jesus Christ and his throne of grace to receive mercy in our time of need, and of course to repent us of our um, idolatry and forsaking of his um, uh, word and in, in, in preaching and whatnot. Um, by the way, you do have a um, opportunity to receive his word today again at uh, Divine Service this evening, 6.30 p.m., so I hope you can join us for that. Um, I haven't yet prepared for it. That's uh, next up on my schedule here, but uh, let's see what I have planned. Oh, yes, tomorrow's Holy Cross Day. Um, today I have planned, uh, again, we're going to continue through preaching through uh, the gospel according to Matthew, which we catechized through in the summer. So uh, be Matthew 18 tonight. All right, so I hope you can join us for preaching and sacrament. Um, and Lord be with you this day and keep you safe in his word. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John 
by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.